dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, episode 26 of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Week was good. Uh, you know, it's only been five days since we uh, podcasted, but we have gotten past the Thanksgiving hangover and moved on to Christmas 24-7, baby. <laughs> 24-7. Uh, so, yeah. And, of course, Dolphins win. And... Um, well, that's it, right? Dolphins win, so it's 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 good, it's good to be a, good Dolphins, to be a Dolphins fan. Fan. Like I said all season, you mm-hmm. know, never wavered. Yeah, never. Yeah, it's it's always been good. Uh, it's you know, uh, kind of like I was saying before. Like, can anyone beat us? Is what I said at the beginning of the season. Here we are. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who will be Super Bowl MVP? I think is the question. You know, is it going to be Holland? Will it be Phillips? Will it be Tua? It could be anyone because there's so many good players on our team. Uh, so it's it's good to see <laughs> that develop. It's so good that a right-wing faction of the Dolphins has sprung up in, in the form of Tuanon. Um, yeah. what, can, can you maybe explain for some of our uh, non-Twitter people who listen to this podcast what exactly Tuanon is? Well, my good friend Baxter... <laughs> Tuanon. So, uh, I think the, the the video was that video a little bit older. Yeah, I didn't realize that it existed until this last week. Uh, I mean, basically, it's a what I assume is a parody account. Although I think actually you might think that uh, <laughs> it's real. Oh, it's but, real. Uh, <laughs> These people are they, real. They're out there. Well. Okay, well, the two and all, the two of stands are definitely out there, right? In yeah. terms of, uh, if you say anything bad about Tua Tungavailoa, uh, it's you you know your your head's on the chopping block. Mm. Um, but in terms of two and on, I mean, it's really just a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. related to <laughs> Deshaun Watson and. Uh, our GM, Hillary Clinton was it was name dropped in it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. And basically, it was all <laughs> a setup. All of uh, it, the whole thing. And uh, you know, basically, you, go ahead. If you haven't watched the two and on video, I would implore you go out find the two anon video uh be prepared it's terrifying it's a guy in a like I, I, latex i guess would be the right way to describe it dolphins yeah. mask with a voice changer it will haunt your night it will haunt, haunt your dreams it's terrifying but also very funny yeah basically saying that they they the, to <laughs> chris greer went to go i think it was chris greer right it asked someone to leak the Go to Houston and leak the, um, get the the women to make accusations against Watson and mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. All conspiracy. And 
and Hillary Clinton's a close friend of Stephen Ross. And <laughs> I don't know, man. It yeah. was, it, it's, it's wild, but very funny. Go out and watch it. To a non-sweep in the nation. What are you drinking today, Casey? Uh, I am drinking what's called Keep Shining. Because the dolphins just keep shining. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> is that how we're purchasing our alcohol now? Based upon <laughs> yeah, the wording? Puns so for dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a blonde ale from a local brewery, Cypress and Grove. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And it's good. It's not as good as Vega, which is my favorite blonde ale in Gainesville, made by Forbed. I'm drinking the Terrapin Recreation Ale, a locale. Ale. Recreation Ale, a locale IPA. I don't really like it, but it's the last in the variety nice. pack that I purchased. Yeah. So, you, you know, you get what you get. It's a grab bag, as they say sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, um. Casey, I didn't exercise, man. It's I've, I've worked every day except I'm for today. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, this is going to be rough. It, you know what? It's going to be up here. I'm really hoping for some like cold weather, you know? Mm-hmm. Really? Just like... <laughs> so my vomit make, freezes to me? Yeah, yeah. Make it as difficult. As, um, but I, I also, I realized that too, that right, that the, the, that the race will be recreated in Gainesville, Florida. High altitude. I think that will help you. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll run faster. I'll, I'll have to remember. Maybe I'll accidentally forget to bring my running shoes and won't be able yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Don't worry. I'll have a spare pair. Of Laura will shoes. absolutely Smaller. not allow that. They will be packed away no matter what. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, cool. All right. Good stuff. You ready to get into this? Week 12 recap? I'm fucking loving every recap for these past four weeks, gotta say. Well, here we go. Uh, Jaguars fall to the Falcons, 21-14. And we're back at it with positives and negatives because they reeled me back in for this game, unfortunately. So here's my positives. Jags play a one-score game. They find the end zone with a touchdown pass. 40% of their drives were 10-plus plays. They didn't go three and out every single time. Tyson Campbell played his uh, best game as a pro. He's the highest-graded rookie defender this week. And we got we 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 got there, Casey. Better. Uh, how, how do I want to say this? Better mix in play call. Better mix and play calling. That's that's probably the way that I want to say it. We got twenty nine and a half percent of our dropback passes were play action. We we got there, and James Robinson had twenty total touches. We'd like him to get a little bit more, but. Jags still fall. And for my negatives, we got penalties. There's just way too many penalties. Um, Jags had an interception. Um, um, that should have been a free play. But Marvin Jones decided to line up illegally instead and made them think that it was a offsides free play. But instead it was he covered up the tight end. So Trevor thought it was free play, threw the ball, got picked. Falcons' second touchdown comes from a penalty on a field goal leaping over the line by Roy Robertson-Harris. You hate to see it. (laughs) Also, there was an offsides on a punt on fourth and three that gave them a new life on a drive that they also then scored scored on. Jags' rush D played very poorly in this game. This is Cordero Patterson's career high in rushing. 
And as much as uh, play calling, there was a better mix player management, uh, especially on offense, was a huge issue. After the James Robinson fumble, he he was out for 16 straight plays, including Dario Gumbawale's lone snap. That was a drop pass for a touchdown. That that was was a field goal. I love that pronunciation. Thanks, man. (laughs) Uh, J-Rob not in on the final drive when you need to win the game. And this is the this this is where I get frustrated with Daryl Bevel, and this is where I'm like I wouldn't shed a tear if he got fired. I don't think that it's necessarily the play calling, but it's the it's the the management and the decision on what you're going to call when you're going to call it. And if if you had James Robinson on a snap count, or you wanted to give him some breathers, the times that were chosen to be the times that you give him a breather were absolutely the worst possible times that they could have chosen to take out their best player. You have a final drive where you need to win. Your best offensive playmaker needs to be on the field uh, unless his leg is falling off, period. The end. Yeah, um, it's those types of things that make me think, like, are you guys actually tanking? Because you're making decisions that are... Very, very questionable. Yep. Um, you know, it's like if if Derek Henry fumbled for the Titans, they pulled him for the rest of the game in the fourth quarter, something like that. I mean, literally J. Rub's first career fumble. Wow, I didn't know that. That's pretty yep. crazy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just inexcusable. It's not like you were down by a lot. Uh, it doesn't even matter. Uh, you know, he's he's just better in every facet of the game over Carlos Hyde and uh, the other guy. <laughs> uh, Dare Ogumbawale. Love it. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, you, just, you had a much longer list of negatives, right, over the positives there. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> Marvin Jones made a amazing catch uh, at one point. Yeah. It, there was uh, that that was another positive. The wide receivers a couple of times actually helped Trevor out by just making catches. But beyond that, that Marvin Jones catch was fantastic. But there were other like the the what's this Tavon Austin touchdown catch. Uh Trevor put it in the only spot that he could put it. And normally this season that probably would have been a drop, but it's caught instead. Yeah. Uh but then you know we saw some uh, video after the game, right? Of Visco running too deep on his routes. Yeah, on the fourth down. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, so you know, they give some that takes them away, type of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, you know, it's it's just another another week for the Jags, uh, pushing towards the end of the season, hoping that you can make some additions in the off season that will help. Yep, and um. Hope that you make the right decisions for both the coaching staff and your current player personnel and who you're keeping. Yeah, I can't imagine that the offensive staff stays intact after this season. They they asked Urban after the game, and now he's said several times that he's not a micromanager. And I, I do believe that one of the stipulations for these NFL guys coming and working for him was that they wanted to have some autonomy on what they were calling and and what kind of offense they were running. But they asked Urban why 
James Robinson wasn't in on that final drive or for those 16 plus plays in the middle of, of the game that he missed. And his response was, I don't know. You'll have to ask Bev and Bernie. Bernie is the running backs coach. It, if you're not an offensive or a defensive play caller as the head coach, and those two things are not taking up your time, you don't have to micromanage, but you should be aware enough to know what's happening on the field and to be like, hey, you might not know the exact number. You might not know that James Robinson's been out of the game for 16 straight plays, but you should be like, hey, I haven't seen James Robinson in the game for a while. What's going on? So at the very least, when you get into the when you get into the press conference at the end and they're like, hey, why wasn't he in for 16 plus plays? You don't say, I don't know. It's wild. Uh, did did Bevel and whoever, Bernie, uh, did they ever say... Did they tomorrow say is the press conference. The oh. um, Tomorrow is offense, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator press conference. Okay. Uh, so, so unfortunately, didn't get, didn't get the answer to it yet because we have not had a chance to ask Bev. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, frustrating, right? And this is the second time mm-hmm. this has happened, right? We There was another time where... Uh, we were they were one, we were wondering where where James Robinson was and Urban said he didn't know. Right. Um, back in the Titans game, I think it was or something like that. And so, uh, it, it's um, it yeah, uh, sure, it's it's frustrating, right? What 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 are you doing if you don't know? If you have nothing to do with the players, nothing to do with the play calling, you're just there to call timeouts and throw the red flag when you feel like it. And you're and you have somebody up in the booth who's telling you whether or not you should throw the red flag. Sure, 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 sure. Well, so, and he's doing the throwing though. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. You're right. You are the one that's actually tossing the flag out. Maybe he's got somebody who does that for him it. too. Maybe he loves it. Like he, you don't do that in college. You know. Yeah. He's like, let's let's freaking go. This is this is yeah. why I came to the NFL to throw this red flag. But <laughs> show off my but, arm. That's right. Like I that that's the issue. You don't have to. That's knowing who the personnel is on the field as the head coach and not and being aware of game flow because. I do think that it's possible that you're, if you're the play caller, you're kind of focused on what's going on. You're focused on making sure that the next play is the right thing. It, it's not micromanaging to be like, hey, just want to let you know our best player hasn't been on the field for 16 straight snaps. Is, is he okay? Is there something wrong? Is his heel bothering him? Is he getting taped back up? Uh, it Was this your plan? Because it feels like it should also be our plan. and so far not micromanaging not being in your offensive coordinator at the very least i think the defense has kind of found its way and you can kind of leave joe cullen alone to do his thing but offensively it kind of feels like if you're the head coach and the buck's going to stop with you at some point you probably might want to get a little bit involved on the operation of what's happening there you don't got to call plays but come on man yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. So, Jags fall again. They they go down by two scores very fast again, and it's just one reason or another. And a lot of times they keep saying, oh, it's it's stuff that's correctable. It's we're beating ourselves. At some point, you got to not beat yourself. And I don't know what they're going to do to help that. I'm, I'm going to say better players probably is, is the big part of it. 
So uh, they hurt me again. They crushed me. I thought that they were going to have an opportunity in this game, and they came out flat, made it a closer game than it actually was by coming back a little bit. Uh, like to see a couple of long sustained drives. Hopefully, we just see some improvement through the rest of the season, but very unlikely to see some wins. Yeah. All right. Now on to the main event, one that we can actually be excited to talk about. Dolphins, 33, Panthers, 10. What you got, big boy? And they didn't even deserve, you know, three of those points because this is a ridiculous freaking play. And that second should have run off at the end of the half. They shouldn't have kicked that field goal. Um, no, I mean, what is, I mean, what could I possibly have in my positive negatives, which I never do in the negative column? Because good Lord, there's so many positives, right? I just, I mean, I, at this point, well, I guess my offensive line, right? But besides yeah, that, that's the only <laughs> negative. There's just still too much pressure. Uh, but you know, at, at this point, there's just we are. Uh, I have to give credit to people that I said before uh, were terrible and uh, should be fired, and that is our offensive coordinator or whoever is play calling and has leaned into the RPO offense mm-hmm. uh, because it works for two reasons, right? Two is fantastic at it. He might be, right. I don't know, one of the best ever at it <laughs> when it's all said and done. And uh, our offensive line is terrible. So we need to have that type of offense. Mm. And, um, you know, it's worked out quite well. Our offense has looked completely different. We're getting big plays, even though we're running that quick style offense, because it turns out people like Waddle can break a, you know, 10 yard, 15 yard crossing route into beautiful waddle by Baxter's happening right now uh, <laughs> into a 60 yard gain or whatever that was mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's just, um, you know, it's exciting to see. Uh, I mean, this was the best pass defense in the NFL going into this game and Tua had four incompletions out of 31 throws. And um, you know, we kind of just, we're clicking on all cylinders uh, really the only negative were the two sacks or three sacks that happened. But, um, you know, it's it, the, the fumble at the end of the half that led to the field goal. Yep. Uh, Just real again. quick, quick football 101 for anybody who maybe doesn't know. RPO stands for run pass option. And why it's working is it gives you, so your quarterback, either can hand the ball off and it will be a run play or as he reads the defense can pull it out from the running back and throw it. And the reason why it works is for this team specifically is twofold. One that Tua is extremely good at reading hit the keys on that play, you know, putting it into the belly of the running back and saying, okay, my, my wide receiver over there is about to run a slant and he's going to be open in this spot. And that's going to gain me five yards and being able to pull it out and throw it quickly. And the other thing that it does is it stalls the defensive line for a second because they also have to read and react. Is this going to be a run? Is this going to be a pass? So your offensive line stinks and they are not giving him any time to throw. So an RPO is going to give him a a manufactured, I don't know, 0.4 seconds, but that's, you know, like, 
30% more time than what he has right now anyways. So that's that's kind of how the RPO is helping the Dolphins right currently. Beautiful. And, you know, to add to that, he is just super accurate, uh, especially within 15 yards. Yeah. And, you know, that's all you need to do when you have, I mean, look, we don't, we don't have our A-plus receiving core out there, but it's still working. Uh, we still do have playmakers out there. And we're always running with two tight ends that just have short hands. And we're running plays that are leading to open receivers that can get yards after the catch. And it's, you know, it's, it's longer drives. It eats, eats up the clock. And, uh, you know, it, it's just exciting to see uh, kind of a, finally an offense that works with Tua. Uh, and at the same time, he is his confidence and his skill level really has taken a leap yeah. uh, from last year, from the games. It's not like we didn't run a similar style offense last year, but uh, you can really tell that he's adjusted and things have slowed down for him, and he's able to uh, make better reads and be more confident in his throws. He was so conservative, didn't want to throw in into, into any tight windows. You have to do that in the NFL. And the best part about it is that he's so accurate that he can make those throws in those tight windows. So it all works out for the type of offense that we're running. On the defensive side, uh, obviously, we are just fucking firing at all cylinders right now. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, everyone is just having a piece of the pie, if you would. Uh, Jalen Phillips is really coming into form. Three sacks, and he is just getting it on seemingly every passing down. He's back everything, everything seems to work. For the Dolphins defense right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly right. I was almost like, every time the ball would go outside the frame, like sometimes when when a pass happens, you don't know where he's throwing, where Cam was throwing. Yeah. And so, uh, so not the ball. The receivers were outside the frame, right? So mm-hmm. you're like, I'm wondering what's going to be when they pan over because the ball's in the air right now. And, you know, more times than not, it seemed like, and it definitely did happen, it was intercepted. Intercepted or incomplete. It was yeah, more than catches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, I mean, Cam's stat line was five completes, five completions five for 21. I don't know. Yeah, 21. For 92 yards, he had three interceptions. He uh, got 64 of those yards on one play. And so yeah. it's just like, I mean, we. <laughs> I, I I said this at the, for the preview pod. I was like, you know, I, I am excited to play. The best part about this game, the reason I think we have the best chance and I picked them to win is because we're playing Cam. We're used to Cam. We know Cam. Cam is no longer Cam Newton, right? He is, Mm-mm. this is it for him. I, I don't I don't imagine him playing in the NFL next year. And he just doesn't have it anymore. And he can't. He told us do- two weeks ago he's back. Yeah, yeah, that oof, big cringe. <laughs> but yeah, he's back. They use him. They use him how they should use him, right? Which is PJ Walker mm-hmm. should be the starting quarterback, and they use him for short down running plays and maybe some uh, trick pass plays because he, he can still pass the ball. But when we know he's going to be the quarterback, <laughs> you know, it's just like if we can game plan for Cam Newton, that's fine. We're going to win those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just. Everyone on defense right now. I, I mean, again, clicking, firing on all cylinders, 
Um, I, I misspoke last week. I thought we had the bye after the Panthers game. We had the Giants this week, and um, Mike the Neck Glennon, and we can't wait after, to talk about that game here in a couple of minutes. After that, we have the bye, and then the Jets, and so yep. we are. I mean, in prime position to be seven and seven after those games. Yeah, uh, heading into the final stretch. AFC is a mess. We still have a chance basically making the playoffs with three games left after that. So we'll see. Uh, we got to take care of business and win these next two games. But, um, you know, it's just regardless, it's very exciting to see that, you know, it's not a we have to rebuild again type of thing. We do have the pieces. You know, it, it took a little bit for Jalen Phillips, but it seems like he's the guy we thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Javon Holland kind of clicked immediately. Yeah. Uh, but he seems – he's at this point to me, he's almost – knocking on the door of the superstar club and i think he might be there by the end of next season and you know those other pieces around our defense are still are are starting to be better because those rookies are 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 better you know and so uh yeah it's just it's just exciting it's exciting time uh for us after being so down in the dumps four weeks ago yeah uh, we'll just circle back a little bit to the negative because it does feel like you guys are getting the dolphins are getting hot at the right time. The only numbers that kind of stood out to me that was like, whoa. Um Tua's time to throw was fastest this week. His air yards or his average depth of target was three point eight, and he still ended up being sacked three times. Yeah, I believe so. It's yeah, it's just like man, this offensive line is scary. It it's it's good to finally see that you're Offensive coordinator, whoever that's calling the game plan, has figured out this is what we have to do to be able to be successful on offense. It, but it is going to get, it, it does need to be addressed. And I don't, obviously, the, there's nothing's going to be able to come down the pipe this year to help. So this is kind of the way that your offense has to be structured going going forward through the season. And I just don't, want people to like look at those numbers at the end of the year and be like well maybe we should move on from two up because this is this is the confines this is the only way that this offense can be successful this year one or two deep shots a game and just rpo heavy and it 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 stinks it's not desirable a way to only run your offense in in a one-dimensional kind of way but it's just kind of what you got yeah, it, it does look like uh, George Godsey is the guy that is calling the plays. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think we – it looked like it was bouncing around at the beginning of the season um, because things were just not going well. Yeah. Uh, and now he, he kind of landed on him. But I, I do think that uh, all this all, – all is going well until Tua gets injured, right? So – yeah. That that is always a scary thought is that we you know our offense is only so good um because he's out there. The, That's the it. downgrade to Brissett is so bad. So yeah, it's an interesting conversation that I'm looking forward to having with you later in the offseason, but maybe a tease. I I do I have been thinking about what is the priority, how important is backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins going forward? What kind of capital be a draft or or cap space do you want to spend on a backup and what kind of caliber backup are you going to be looking at i think that's something that we should probably get into in the offseason 
before free agency starts, but it is something that he's been hurt every year. So it is something that we should probably talk about how important a backup quarterback is for the Dolphins. Yeah, have- that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I always thought Jacob- Jacoby Brissett was a good backup. Um, but this the year this so far this year when I've seen him play, you know that's not the case. And the problem, of course, with that is that if you're a good backup, then shouldn't you be a starter? Uh, type of thing. It's it's hard to get a good backup because, right. um, you know, what are those situations where that guy is not starting? So mm-hmm. you know, I I don't I don't know what exactly would be a potential improvement over what we have um, that would be available. Uh, you know what exactly? You know, I guess it'd like be like how much veteran. would you be willing to spend on Teddy Bridgewater to come in to be your back? Yeah, that's what something I mean. like that. Like we'll talk about that at a later date. But it would be like him or Big Ben. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything else on this one, Casey? No, I think I think that covers it. We're right high. I, have a bit, I, I I think. Let me just say, at this point, I am convinced that Tua can be our franchise quarterback. Yes. I don't want to hear any trade talks about Deshaun Watson anymore. Yeah, you should not be you should not be wasting it's much like the Hertz conversation going on in Philadelphia. I don't think it's as set as that, but it's like, hey, we've got a lot of this draft capital. If we don't need to waste it on a quarterback, we can make our team better around our quarterback. And I think that the Dolphins are should be in a more cemented spot after this week, after the last couple of weeks that you can win with Tua and you can, if if you just build around him, if you get, if you get a little bit better of an offensive line, if you get a a running, a running back that that's an every down, down in and down out running back, that this team is on the precipice. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly think that Deshaun Watson the same team with Deshaun Watson is honestly probably a worse team because he isn't the RPO guy yeah. that Tua is. Uh, you know, he he extends plays, uh, sure, but I, he wouldn't be able to extend plays with this offensive line. If the only option you have is really a, a quick snap and pass type of thing, so and that's just not his type of. We wouldn't be basically we would not be able to use his what he's most talented for. Right. Um. And so it's just not worth it. Like, what's the what is the point? Unless we improve other things, and if we're improving other things, we're not going to be able to improve other things if we trade so much right. to get him. So it's kind of like a you know a circle there, and it's just not worth it when Tua seemingly has got it. And I you know I think he can run a successful NFL offense. I don't know what exactly that would look like with a better offensive line, with better with a better running back, but we don't have either of those things and we're right. winning football games. Right. Uh so it can't be worse, you know, and he is doing great. Like I, how can you complain about 80% completion percentage um and no interceptions and touchdowns and you know, it's not he just is continuing drives you know and it's it's just i don't know it's i at this point am convinced that he should be our guy going forward uh this is a tease for our conversation later so many winning winning from within the confines of what the offensive structure is is not a bad trait It, it it's okay to be good at what an offense is asking you to do even if the reason why the offense is asking you to do it is because you're limited in one way or another Tua might not be 
as limited as it seems in, in downfield passing, it might just be because of the offensive line. But if you're able, if the offense is, hey, this is the structure, this is how we win, and you as a quarterback say, okay, I'm going to do that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. All right. Move on to the the uh, the previews. And this game cannot be over literally any faster. Uh, the Jaguars travel to LA to face the Rams, a 405 kick and the Rams, the Ramsey revenge game. That's right. The Ramsey revenge, revenge game, a uh, 13 point favorite, which feels low to me. All right. So Jags injury report for today. Malcolm Brown is questionable. James Robinson, questionable, did not practice today. Devon Hamilton, questionable. Miles Jack, questionable. Tyson Campbell, questionable. Shaq Griffin, questionable. Dan Arnold, moved to IR this week after injuring himself on his lone catch. Jay Tufele, back off IR, says that he really, really wants to play this week, and his cast is off of his hand. So we'll see how many snaps he gets in. On the other side, for the Rams, we've got Daryl Henderson with a thigh injury. He's questionable. Odell Beckham with a hip. He's questionable. And that's looking like all of the major guys for the Rams. Oh, Casey. Our positional matchup for this week for the Jags offense. Uh, we're looking at their O-line, who that which is currently ranked 10th for PFF, versus the Rams' pass rush, which is first so uh, this specific matchup i i was interested i I wanted to look because the jaguars offense being offensive line being 10th that's something that we talked about at the beginning of the season that i felt like trevor was going to be able to make them a middle of the pack offensive line but they're all the way up at 10th but i wanted to dig a little bit deeper and this is what i came up with The Jags haven't played a top 10 pass rush since week three, the Arizona Cardinals. And I've only played three teams in the top 15 pass rushes, Cardinals, Texans, Bills. So this offensive line has not really been tested by a truly dominant pass rush. And the biggest matchup that I'm looking at here, I am absolutely terrified for our guy, Ben Barch, going against... Aaron Donald this week. Yeah, uh, it could be bad. You know, I, I <laughs> the last thing right this season's gone. You know, you're not you're not making it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want is Trevor Lawrence to get a severe Joe Burrow type injury. Right, and you know, it's so. Uh, you, I don't care if you're down by thirty. I'm I'm running the ball, yeah. <laughs> you know, consistently, and you know it's not a. We, this shouldn't be a um, time to have seven step drop back passes with with Trevor Lawrence, no. and uh, you know, <laughs> or anything crazy like that. I think that it's a uh, it's a concern, and uh, I, uh, I I I there's not much to say about this game. Is I I agree with you. I think it's going to be a blowout. You are unfortunately catching the Rams at the worst time. They're coming off three straight losses. Where they're they getting need, right there. They need this game like yeah. blood. And you are dead in the water 
for this shark that's going to come and rip your fucking head off. And yeah. it, it's, it's unfortunate for you guys. And, and it's at home. And I, I mean, Jags I think- are terrible on the West Coast. It's 13 points doesn't feel like enough to me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Hey. It could be it could be twenty five and it might not even Maybe be enough. Casino Corner has this as a featured bet. Don't even <laughs> that. It's uh, so yeah, kind of like what you're saying. And this is this is what this is what I'm talking about with this offense. That's very concerning to me. I have little faith in you and I just sitting here in two minutes. Just said no seven step drops. Run the ball the entire game. I guarantee you. Going into the fourth quarter when they're down by no, twenty-five no, I points, you, first drive, Baxter. First drive, there's going to be two passes in the first three plays. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're going to be seven-step drop. All everybody running vertical routes. It's just like they have no idea how to game plan and manage their players, and it's very, very concerning. Hopefully, hopefully, somebody. I can't even say Urban because I have no faith in this guy anymore. Somebody, maybe Joe Cullen. Please, Joe Cullen. You seem like the only coach who's capable of figuring something out. It's like, hey, maybe we should get in some quick passes here and, and not screw over uh, our, our young quarterback and get him murdered by Aaron Donald. It, it, hopefully, James Robinson's healthy enough that they can they can run the ball. At this point in the season, you are looking at trying to prove a concept, trying to prove that what you want your offense to be can can work with what you have. Uh, so even if you're down by 15 points, don't don't try and win this football game. Even if you're down by 25 points, don't start throwing the ball because you're down by 25 points. Just play your game, man. Run the ball, set up play action, and just play like it's 0-0 zero, zero. all game. Defensively, we're looking at the Jags defense overall 28th because you and I both feel like this is going to be a bloodbath, not only for their their defense, but this is a bloodbath for Sean McVay, who they are the number five offense and number two overall uh, versus the Jags 28th overall defense. This does not feel like they're going to have a chance. This feels like it could be that first 49ers drive all game. It's just, they might, they, they might not ever see the ball this game. They might, they might get it and turn the ball over and then just the Rams hold it for the rest of the game. Don't watch this one. If you don't have to, if you're a Jaguars fan, treat this as a second buy and go do something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. Uh, I uh, except that I am cheering for the Rams to cover the spread. Sure. <laughs> uh, I I am I am cheering for Trevor's improvement. I would like to be proven wrong by the offense. I'd like to see the offense put up some production, but they have not proven to me or anybody that they are capable of doing that, even against bad teams. So I doubt that they'll be able to do it against a good team. Casey, let's pick this game. Rams win. Rams cover. Rams for win. For my financial sake. Rams win. Rams cover. Can they double cover? Can you? Is that is that a? Can you? Can you, you can choose. Um, you can choose adjusted adjusted spreads. Okay. So I could, for example, 
get the Rams 26. on a minus 26 line. Yeah, I think that would be a ridiculous amount payout. <laughs> All right. Up next, a game that we can, you know, get into a little bit more. This is starting to become a little bit more of a Miami Dolphins heavy podcast, but Jaguars win some games and maybe we'll talk about you more. Um, so here we are. Injury report. Jalen Phillips, questionable with a hip injury. Philip Lindsay, newly acquired Philip Lindsay, questionable with an ankle injury. Robert Hunt, questionable with a back injury. Excuse me. Will Fuller, expected return week 15. Devontae Parker, expected return week 13. Greg Mance, expected return week 13. Two is a go. And I don't see... Oh, there he is. There's our sweet boy. Excuse me, Michael Dieter? He's on IR. When's he coming back for real, though? Do you uh, know? I I heard it was going to be this week, but okay. you know what? I don't. I have not checked the um, practice practice stuff. report. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> to see if he uh, is actually coming back. But after last week, I heard that he was coming. After last week's podcast, I should say, I heard that he was coming back. It should be coming back this week. Okay. Well, but I haven't heard anything. Um, Parker practice this week. He should Good. be coming back. Fuller, um, I guess his finger is like almost completely shattered. Mm. It's like much worse than you can imagine. So I don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know what, if he's coming back this season. Um, so he'll be back for that playoff push. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping after the bye, I you know I think it's kind of been like on the verge, so maybe that two week break there will help. Mm. So I, I um, you know I, Daniel Jones was, was at practice today. I think he was limited. Um, oh, I I think I forgot to say, uh, <laughs> Dolphins, four and a half point favorite, one o'clock kick. Sure. So I I think that um, you know. It looks like we'll be playing Mike Lennon. There's there is still a small chance that we'll be playing mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, but I don't know what's going on. Um, he was limited today. Yes, with with his neck, I'm not quite sure. Sure. Um, you know, if you want to put a quarterback out there with a neck injury, but I I think that um, I just want to kind of see the same thing that I've been seeing. Right. Uh, one of the things you sent me earlier was that you know we are 32nd in pass rush but um the pass block i should say mm-hmm. but the giants are 32nd in pass rush pass uh, rush win rate win rate thank you um yeah. and so you know uh, the old stoppable force versus movable object i i yeah so i i think that um I mean, I just want to see the same thing that I've been seeing these past few weeks, right? Uh, everything we've been doing has been working. I don't expect the Giants to really throw us off course from, from that uh, type of play calling. Uh, you know, I think it's 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 a good thing that we could be facing a, a, a team that has a bad pass rush win rate. And, you know, um, hopefully that leads to less sacks, less than the three that we had last week um, given up, you know. And maybe you can so, attempt some more downfield passing. Yeah, sure. You know, whatever. I think that the the other side is really just a if it's Mike Lennon, um I, I mean Pray for him. Good, Thoughts and prayers, luck. Mike Lennon. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, the Barkley that I have seen has not been the Barkley of, of old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we played the Panthers just now with Christian McCaffrey. Granted, he got injured in like the second quarter. Uh, but, you know, I think that if we can contain the run game and we, we you have to rely on Mike Glennon, I mean, it, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I, I don't like Daniel Jones. Um, you know, I, I think he isn't he isn't the quarterback of the future for the for the Giants. But you know, Mike Lennon is is a, is a backup for a reason. So there there isn't a reason the Dolphins can't continue what they've done for these past few weeks and just blitz the hell out of them. Rely on your great coverage, create turnovers, create havoc, and really make the lives of our offense easy. Um, one of the things we're best at is scoring on our first drive uh, on offense. We, I guess, just game plan the shit out of that first drive. Then yeah. everything usually goes to shit for about two to three quarters, and then we score a couple more times. Uh, the game plan that for the first fourth quarter drive as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, we had like one of the highest in the league in terms of touchdowns on first drive. That's, um, nice. That's a good stat. Yeah. And it, I'm not surprised. It seems it seemingly we always score a touchdown on the first drive, but then it's we have seven points and it's going to the end of the third quarter type of thing. So, um, yeah. you know, it's just like a uh, same thing over and over again. But I think that would be really nice here, right, to have that lead early, even when we had the lead against the Panthers, which was by a punt block. But still, um, we gave up the touchdown, and I honestly was like, I'm fine right now. Like I, I, I was not worried at all. Yeah. When they tied it back up, because I was like, you know, I think that we have it. We have it in the back. Everything I just saw from Cam Newton, that 164-yard pass, that's not going to happen again. And I don't think Mike Lennon's throwing a 64-yard pass uh, <laughs> in, in this game. Maybe and, Jake Luton would be able to. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can bring him up for this game. That We don't need it. That's okay. A bunch of things just happened in my head. <laughs> let, me, let me organize my thoughts. One is that we signed Jake Luton to our practice squad. There you, you know, go. Why? Why have Jacoby Brissett? Strong arm. Why look Jake for Luton. a backup quarterback. We have it. He's in the back. Uh, <laughs> not your guy. Oh man, I can uh, tell you right now, that's not so, who you want. So yeah, I just want to see the same thing I, I I I've seen these past four weeks. Tua RPO, uh, maybe Parker back. I mean, shit. I I he um. We have a slant play with Parker that seemingly goes for 10 to 15 yards every single time because he's so tall. And mm-hmm. to a accuracy, just he puts the ball high and he catches it and he can get 10 to 15 yards. And I mean, you know, I I expect the win here. Uh, we need this win. Go into the bye week on five straight wins would be incredible. The one other key injury for the Giants. Maybe their actual best passer on their team. Kadarius Tony probably not going to play. Ever heard of him? Go Gators. Uh, without without Tony, which is a completely insane thing to say, like they, their offense is just like, they ain't, really ain't got nothing. And so it should be pretty easy for your defense. And it it's to a lesser degree what I see happening with the Rams. The Rams need that game. And they're so much better than their opponent. The Dolphins need this game to stay in the playoffs. The There were reports this week about Dave Gettleman, the Giants, GM probably being 
let go before the season's even over because their team has a severe lack of talent. And yeah, they they've also already Jason Garrett and put in. Um, yeah, they fired the clapper himself, the, Jason Garrett. The, Freddie um, Kitchens is now yeah, their is. offensive coordinator, who Joe Judge said, expect to see a little bit of an evolution on offense. And this is, they, what, what is this? What is this? This is week 13. You should not be having an evolution to your offense in week yeah. 13. This is, and against the, the Dolphins defense, probably not the squad you want to be trying to evolve your defense against for the first week. It, 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 I don't know if it's going to be a bloodbath because I still think that your offensive line is a chain around your neck that's going to hold you back from being great. But I don't see a path to victory for the Giants, especially led by Mike Glennon this week. Um, I, I mean, I hope not. But, you know, I, it, it's, I, I still have dark memories of five weeks ago, right, <laughs> when we were 1-7. Yeah. and seven. And so I'm afraid that team can come out anytime. Uh, there sure. are pieces on that Giants defense that scare me. Leonard Williams, uh, number one, of course. Um, Your guy? My man. Um, and so, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's not impossible that the Giants can win this game. They're, they're only four and a half point underdogs, and we're at home. So with yeah. Mike Lennon, they call this even teams basically with Daniel Jones. And so it's that, that, that cloud of um, those first eight games is still over us. However, to a healthy um, and our defense clicking on all cylinders just makes me firing on all cylinders, clicking on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders makes me less worried about this game. Yeah, it's just like when I try and sit here and visualize, okay, we it's 4.05 on Sunday and the game is over and the Giants won. How how did they win? The only way that I see that is injuries. And then if you lose on people, like, like that's a completely different scenario. But if everybody remains healthy through the game, I just their offense is not going to be able to sustain drives against this Dolphins team. Even if your offense gets stuck in the mud and scores seven points, I just don't see... I've seen enough Mike Glennon to know that he's not going to be able to sustain drives. And this defense is incredible. They don't even have... I don't even think that they'll have to blitz them if they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, um, you would think so, but we made the Jags' offense look great, right? And it's it's still again I I am hoping that this defense is a defense here to stay and I I won't I will only doubt that I mean I will stop doubting that you know after the last game of the season I think that's still just there right we we just allowed a lot those first eight games of the season and so it's it's just tough for me to think oh we we flipped the page and now this is the defense that i again the defense that i expected would be here at the start of the season um and then i thought i was seeing the first couple games of the season um but um you know it uh, barkley could have i don't know a crazy game and galladay and tony and those guys could go off and i i don't know i just uh it's it's still there it's still concerning um, but again, I, I just hope that obviously that doesn't happen. All right. Anything else? 
No. Let's pick it. Dolphins win, Dolphins cover. Dolphins win, Dolphins cover. Okay. Now we are up to uh, our quote-unquote game. Not a game this week. Uh, I asked my my mother, a, a avid listener of the Surf and Artificial Turf, what game or thing that she would like. And she said, well, you guys started off in the off season and you guys have a lot of strong takes on the draft and did a pretty good job explaining all of that stuff. And she wanted to know what we think here at week 13 about the rookie quarterbacks and how we would re-slot them based upon how we had them coming out of college. And so the way that I did this, the way that we did this is this is a ranking, not just of their production of this season, because that would just be looking at a, a box score, but we're going to re-rank them from what we've being informed by what we've seen so far by them in the NFL going forward. So Casey, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go one by one or do you want to just give me your list? I'll give you my list and then we can talk about where the things have changed or why things haven't changed. Um, the latter. Okay. Give me your list one through five. And again, to clarify, this would be are we redrafting as the teams or redrafting as a neutral team? If oh, if you sorry. were doing quarterback rankings on a big board, on a big board. Okay. So so team agnostic. Yep, thank you. Uh so my 5 are Zach Wilson. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence is one. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is two. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is three. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is four. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson is five. We have the exact same list. Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. So I had Mac Jones five. Pre. You read it backwards to make it look different. <laughs> no. So I'm. Um, I mean, we have the. It's exactly the same. So, but in my my big board before the draft, I had Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. So now I have Mac Jones three, Trey Lance four, Zach Wilson five. So they, so Trey Lance, Zach Wilson both dropped down a spot, and Mac Jones jumped up two spots. Where do you want to start here? What do you want to talk about first? Just Mac Jones. You want to talk about Mac, Mac Jones? Yeah, the most. Yeah, I think we have the most to say about him, right? I think the sure. biggest surprise um, going well this thus far this season is that he adjusted to the NFL much quicker um, and much better than I thought he would. Uh, I think that he... I thought this immediately after watching that Dolphins game. I thought that he was incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I thought that he was poised. He wasn't uh, making terrible decisions. Uh, you know, he is a little bit ahead of his uh, um, development uh, coming in, you don't see a lot of the rookie quarterback mistakes that you constantly, you consistently see, and you've seen in the other four. Um, I think that he just is um, 
you know, he can be the guy. He can be the franchise quarterback. And I, I think um, I, it was a much bigger question mark for me going into the season of whether he would be the guy or not, you know. And we were even talking about who would start the season. Obviously, they knew pretty quickly. Obviously, they cut Cam Newton, right? And mm-hmm. they knew that Mac Jones could be the guy pretty quickly. So, um, and I, I knew after week one, I feel like um, he was just uh, much better than I anticipated. I thought that the the drop of com- talent level that he was surrounded by compared to the, the opposition um, as, a, as a comparison, so Alabama versus the rest of the, the college football world um, right. with the Patriots offense, which doesn't have – I mean, they have uh, two good tight ends. Their wide receivers are iffy. Um, you know, I think that in the competition, obviously, is higher. So I think that – uh, I thought that drop off would be impact Mac Jones more, but uh, he's adjusted and he's gotten better as the week has gone on. Uh, the weeks have gone on, and so uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest surprise to me, and that's why he's jumped up two spots. Sure, um, yeah. So I think Mac Jones is definitely the person that we want to talk about here. I think probably because I spend a little too much time on Twitter. There's very little room for nuance for people. It's either Mac Jones is is the best quarterback in this in this draft. He's the best quarterback that's ever existed. He's the next Tom Brady, or Mac Jones is trash, and eventually he'll show that he's trash. And he's in the middle of our he's in the middle of our thing here. And I think that it's he's somewhere in the middle. I think that he is much like what we were talking about with Tua. This offense has said, this is the structure of the offense. This is the way that we can win with this team. And this is what we want you to do, Mac Jones. And it, that is exactly what he's doing. He's uh, running an extremely, extremely efficient offense, albeit very short, very short of the sticks he's let me try and get these stats real quick he is currently 23rd in the league and average depth of target 27th in completed air yards so he's one of the shallowest passers in the nfl and in front of him he has one of the best offensive lines in the nfl so it's not that they can't block it up for him to throw the ball downfield. It's that this offense wants to win football games and they know how to game plan because they have one of the best coaches of all time. And I think what we're getting here and why that we still have two quarterbacks above him is I think that this is the ceiling for Mac Jones. This is as good as Mac Jones is going to get. And what, and what I mean by that is a guy who can operate an offense efficiently. I think that the best comp that I can come up with for Mac Jones is Andy Dalton. And I think that if Andy Dalton had been on a Patriots team in the height of their powers, if you switch Tom Brady for one of those years and put Andy Dalton on that team, they could have won a Super Bowl. I, I, I believe it because I think that the coaching there the the nurture is so good that they are able to get the maximum out of their players as quickly as possible and i think that's 
what they're getting out of Mac Jones. Um, That's for you. Yeah, you're fine. You, you cut off a little bit there. Uh, so I, I, I think that, yeah, I, 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 you know, I kind of agree with you. I don't know about calling it his ceiling. It's hard for me to say, uh, what is it, 11 games into a season that his ceiling, we've hit his ceiling, right? Um, you know, I, I think that he could develop more. He could become someone that uh, makes more exciting plays happen and things like that. It's hard to know. Because, you know, the guys he's throwing to, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Jacoby Myers, like, you know, I, I, I don't, those guys aren't going to light up um, or create a lot of separation or, you know, anything like that. Uh, I think Hunter Henry and Jonathan Smith are good for the most part. Jonathan Smith, I think, has uh, definitely fallen back a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, I think, again, that's the different styles of play between Tannehill and, and Jones. But I, I, I think that. You know, I, I I wouldn't call it his ceiling, um, mainly because he hasn't been like incredible. You know, I, you know, I think that he could potentially put up more stats. So, um, yeah, I just so, don't know how much of that putting up more stats would be a product of him, right? Like what you're saying, the the pieces that you said would make him better is not him. It's better pass catchers. I don't think much like Andy Dalton and why it's my comp for Andy Dalton. I think he could, he's going to be elevated by the people around him. I don't think Mac Jones is a player that's going to elevate the players around him. I think that he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL and he can win within the structure of an offense when he's, when he's asked to do things that fit his play style. But I don't think that he's a top five quarterback in the NFL at any point in time in his career. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you there. Um, and kind of on, on that same note, let's do it this way, right? Let's put any other quarterback into Mac Jones spot, any other rookie quarterback that we're talking about. Sure. Put Trevor Lawrence there, put Justin Fields there, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. And, if Trevor Lawrence is with the Patriots, that that is a better offense, right? And yeah. if if Justin Fields is with that, uh, I mean, oh my God, Justin Fields there would be incredible because right. it would be a, a coaching staff that knows how to use him, um, right? Or would at least figure it out. Unlike with a Bears. good offensive line, yeah, 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 that too, right? The Bears' offensive line is down down by but down by us. So um, so right. So for both of those, that I, and I understand what you're saying there, and that's kind of I think that's another another way to look at it in terms of a ranking um you know why we have trevor lawrence and justin fields better even though their seasons are not going as well is because if they were with the patriots right now they would be putting up better seasons offensive rookies of the year yeah sure exactly like hands down if either of them were on the patriots so they would be lighting it up the the um so yeah, that's fine. And then for you know, I'm going to talk about Trey Lance next, just because it's going to be quick, and it's mostly I haven't seen enough of him. Undetermined, um, yeah, yeah. And so it's hard for me to. I've seen Mac Jones, and he's done better than I thought he would. Right. And so, and he's led a team to be what are they eight and three, something crazy, eight and four, whatever they are. No, yeah, that's not, they're not that good. Um, they're just somewhere around there though. Right below um, the Bills. They're a game behind the Bills. Oh, God. And the Bills are high, I thought seven were, wins. Hide. 
six or seven wins. Never know. You know, there's no way to find out. The Patriots are eight and four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, what do I think? What the hell was the same? Trey Lance. I know, but what was the same? Undetermined. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just we haven't seen enough. <laughs> we have seen Mac Jones. Yes. And they are winning football games. There you go. There it is. We got, and so we got it's hard, Right. And so it's hard not to put Mac Jones ahead of Trey Lance mm-hmm. because you're he's eight and four and he's putting up a decent season. Um, and so that's my point, right? And Trey Lance, I mean, it's just I don't I don't really get what's going on there. Um, in terms of who who they're playing and who they're not, Trey Sermon and Trey Lance are just sitting on the bench, and it, it confuses me. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, you spend three round, three first round picks on on a guy. I mean, you expect an immediate improvement um, mm-hmm. at the quarterback position because that's like the asking price of you know Deshaun Watson, right? It, you're, we're talking like the asking price of what a superstar caliber player is. And they spent it on an unknown rookie quarterback, and now they're not starting him. It's just, it's very confusing what the fuck uh, the 49ers are, are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I, you know, we th- we thought uh, Trey Lance would be starting much sooner and would hold down that job. And it's, it's I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Um, again, I, I, the season has brought into question. Um, my thoughts on Shanahan and what his, uh, if he's actually a good coach. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm more concerned about Shanahan, the team manager than I am the coach, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying. It seems like w- weird player management. I just, uh, we've seen all these other quarterbacks, first and second year guys kind of evolve um, because they're getting more playing time. Tua and Trevor and Joe Burrow and you know it's just like they need playing time. Like, I, You're not going to get I, better sitting on the bench. I don't. I don't see that. And I, that used to be the thing, right? Rookie quarterback sit behind the professional guy, learn the ropes, blah blah. And I, I just I don't yeah. think that's the way to approach it anymore. It's not. You, you got to get him onto the field. Um, I know they're trying to make a playoff push, but I don't think they're losing any more games because Trey Lance is out there over Jimmy G. Um, you know, I think the, the reason they're winning these games is because of the, the play of Debo Samuel, you know, Mm. it's not the, it's not the play of Jimmy G. Right. And there was a, a a stretch there where they could, were absolutely within their rights to have taken Jimmy G out. He's starting to play a little bit better, obviously with, uh, the return of George Kittle, their offense has kind of taken another step back up. But if the reason why they haven't they didn't put in Trey Lance while Jimmy G was struggling is because he's not ready then, then yeah you got you got to knock him down the spot even if we haven't gotten to see him cuz if if you're if you're capable at some point in this season you would have won that starting job and you have not yet so i guess let's go down to our our last spot here Zach Wilson i think i i don't remember it might have been Mac Jones but i believe that I felt like that Zach Wilson had the biggest bust potential of this draft. I, he has more arm talent, more skill than Mac Jones, which is why I ranked him higher than Mac Jones. But the problem with Zach Wilson was the offense at BYU ran 
like fifth place. And he was constantly playing outside of the structure of the offense. And it was like, those were the big plays. The big plays were him running around playing sandlot football and playing against lesser quality opponents when you're playing as BYU. You're playing Coastal Carolina as one of the games and they got beat in that one. And he make he gets to the NFL, has a good preseason, and then the regular season starts, and dude cannot win within the structure of quite possibly one of the most quarterback friendly offenses in the league. And he is struggling. I they were talking about possibly Mike White being the future quarterback after he came out and and lit it up for a week. And seemed like they sat Joe Flacco for a little, or they sat Zach Wilson and let Joe Flacco come in. And then Zach Wilson comes back last week and they end up winning the game. But again, does not look great. If I am the Jets, I am very, very concerned that Zach Wilson is not the future. And this is possibly a Josh Rosen situation. I was going to say, do you Rosen him? Do you go Malik Willis if he's available or whoever? I mean, you, you, right now the Jets have two top five picks in some mm-hmm. sort of insane world that we live in. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I mean, I'm always like, you take as many shots at a quarterback until you get the guy mm-hmm. that you know is going to be the guy. And obviously, I'm, I'm not saying pick two quarterbacks with both those picks. That would be right. crazy. Yeah, that's but crazy. You have two picks up there. If you don't think you, if there's a, if there is a, if you, there's a chance you don't think you have the guy, why not take a shot at someone else and, you know, have them compete in the offseason or whatever. And as time goes on and see what happens, because, you know, you still have that other pick in the, in the top five right now, for example, that could be most likely it'll be top 10. Um, and you can still add that type of piece to your offense or defense. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I just, what, everything I've seen from Zach Wilson is terrifying. He just, yeah. um, he's, he's not a good decision maker. Um, his, his, his passes are sometimes wildly inaccurate. Um, and I don't know. It's, um, he's looking like a 15 year old kid back there, um, both physically and uh, with his gameplay. And it's just, uh, it's concerning. Um, he has one of the lowest yeah. scramble rates. He's not a scramble quarterback, but he has one of the highest time to throws. And that is not two statistics that you want together. He's got one of the lowest scrambling rates, but he just refuses to throw the ball in rhythm. He refuses to throw the ball within 2.3 seconds. It's just, I, he doesn't, he doesn't want to let go of the ball. And yes, I would probably move on from him. I doubt that the Jets would. I just, unless you are so secure in your job that you go out to ownership and you're like, hey, we're not sure that he's the guy. We like this other quarterback. We'd like to take another crack at it. Then, yeah, but I just feel like GMs uh, have huge egos and they're going to want to say that they got it right with Zach Wilson and not move on. But I, I might, I'm, I might be trying to cut bait at this point with Zach Wilson. But if, if you're the jets, right. I mean, 
we are we had literally just seen this where a team draft a rookie quarterback in the top five mm-hmm. and the whole offseason and going into the season, they are constantly the lead team for trade discussions for a superstar quarterback. If you're the Jets, why are you not trading those two top five picks for Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, you should. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I would I mean I, I I would definitely do that um once the dust has settled, obviously around his, his lawsuit thing, but I think that you trade your top two top five picks and a first round next year. I mean, that team is immediately substantially better. Yeah, I and- think I think one of the reasons why they're not in the conversation is that Watson has that no trade clause, and he's really only uh, said he'd be willing to lift it for two teams, and it just it's not worth talking about other teams if he's not willing to go there. But yeah, I, I mean, you I, could I trade well, you guess- could trade Zach Wilson and those two picks for Deshaun Watson and just move on with your life. Yeah, I guess I guess um, it's hard to tell right now what the market will be. Obviously, if um, a lot of these teams are only going to trade for him, maybe any team, only, only the only way they would trade for him um, would be if all the uh, lawsuit stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my point being is that he might not have leverage if he has to continue to sit right. and waiting for all this stuff to blow over and he doesn't want to throw his trade, you know, no trade clause or whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't really know what the what that looks like sure. in terms of. I mean, this thing could go on forever. His all of his stuff going on, all of his lawsuit stuff. So it's interesting. Don't know where that's going to go. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Jets are in a in a bind. Let's talk about um, our two guys who we have above Mac Jones, who are having worse statistical seasons than Mac Jones. And I feel like we could probably just group I'll these just two lump to- them together. Yeah, because it's the it, same it, situation, it's right? It's terrible coaching and bad uh-huh. players around him. Mm-hmm. I mean that that that's that's really it, right? And mm-hmm. I think that they are just they're. I mean, it's a little bit more surprising with the Bears. Of course, they had some injuries on the offensive line. Yeah. Um. But you know, they were they were a playoff team last year. Um. Yeah. So you expected them to be a, a, at least that this year um, with an improvement at quarterback. Um, for the Jags, it's less surprising. I'm definitely not surprised at all um, with how the season has unfolded for for them. But it's just like it, the, the Bears, more so even, um, just don't know how to use him and right. are just terrible at yeah. uh, figuring out how to use him. And you know, I and think you figure out how to use him in spurts, and it looks great, and then they go away from it. But yeah, I, it's it's situation for those two, and they've still shown what it takes at this level to be uh, an upper echelon quarterback. Justin Fields has shown that his running style, his strength, his ability to break sacks and get outside of the pocket and pick up yards for their team. It can translate from college to the NFL. If you have a guy who's going to be a, a long time in the pocket, a long hike to pass, you want the guy to be able to extend plays, get out of the pocket and pick up yardage. And Justin Fields has proven that he can do that along with an incredibly strong arm. Hopefully we'll see him with an Eric B a more offensive style coach that fits him. And then Trevor, it's just quite possibly the worst offensive skill position players in the league around Trevor Lawrence right now. And Trevor as two people who watch the Jaguars, Trevor throws some incredible passes every single week, but you don't see incredible passes show up on highlight reels 
when they're incomplete. Yep. Exactly. That's pretty much it. You know, like he makes great plays. He shows a, a strong arm, uh, a quick release, the ability to get the ball where it needs to go accurately and it gets dropped. And I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. What you, I mean, we, we talked about the stat last week, right? Top five in big time throws. So my, my quarterback cannot throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. Yeah. That's my Giselle Bunch impersonation for you. Take that, Wes Walker. <laughs> Take that. All right. Anything else about these quarterbacks? Any final thoughts? No. Okay. Now we are to everybody's favorite segment, Casey's Casino Corner. All right. Let me kind of go through this quickly because you are going to lag out at any moment. <laughs> pee my pants at any moment. There you go. All right. I already said one. Rams, minus 13. Um, I think this is going to be quite a blowout. Uh, like I said, and everything I said before, bad spot for the Jags with the Rams coming off three straight losses. They need this win. They're going to win by a lot. Unfortunately, I'm not working during this game. You're off? Mm, I work six to three. So I'll get home just in time. To yeah. Oh, it's going to be mm-hmm. featured too. There's only going to be three stupid games at four because yeah. they like to not know how to schedule football games. Yeah. Anyway, um, the next one I am going to do is a tease. Cardinals playing the Chicago Bears. Big of the devil. Um, they are currently minus eight. Tease them down to minus two. Colts playing the Texans. Currently minus nine. Tease them down to minus three. Colts minus three. Cardinals minus two. 16. Six point. Uh, Colts win by a field goal more than a field goal yeah Cardinals have to win by a field goal yeah I'm with you on that one yeah both of the wins Kyler is back uh, running around with that giant helmet beautiful Um, so yeah I I like that teaser and then the final one I'm debating what to do and take some time because I know I'm back Um, (laughs) I'm going to do You know what? Let's just do confidence. Let's let's just do both, both of the games we already talked about. Hmm. Um, I already put money in Dolphins minus three, but they're at minus four and a half. And you know what? Put money in Dolphins minus four and a half. Yeah. Um, I am pretty confident that we win this game by a touchdown. And so, uh, I like the Dolphins minus four and a half. They're at home, so I mean, I nobody I, comes I, into Hard Rock Stadium and and blows them out. You know, nobody, not even the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, joke aside, yeah, I just as I said, I don't, I don't see a path for the Giants. They are DOA. I also like the Falcons plus eleven. I also like the Chargers Bengals game to go over fifty and a half. I also like the Eagles minus six and a half. Those are my other games. I don't like the Eagles at all. All right, We're playing the Jets. Oh, okay, I like the Eagles. <laughs> all right, you got anything else for us this week? Take us home. All right. We will be back next week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Our Official Turf, all one word on Twitter. You can also email us at that same email, surfandourofficialturf at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Our Official Turf podcast. Mm-hmm.